Today is October 17, 2017. This is SMB's Options Tribe meeting. This is the disclaimer that we like to show folks about the fact that anything you're seeing on the screen today is hypothetical computer simulated performance results. While believed to be accurately represented, they are not subject to the market factors of liquidity, slippage, and commissions. And today, we are bringing back to the Options Tribe, John Locke, who's going to be talking about his most successful option strategy of all, the Rock Options Trading Strategy, and how to perform, transform your trading with that strategy. So, John, I am going to... Uh, ask you to share your desktop and make the presentation. Okay, we can do that. We can run right into that if you would like. So welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us today to speak about The Rock. So let me just uh, set one over this so we will move on. Just tell you a little bit about myself in case you are not familiar with who I am. I am on the options trading desk. Uh, as you know, I've developed a lot of a lot of strategies for SMB, including super simple spreads, M3, bearish butterfly, the rock strategy, M21. And uh, we're trading those a lot of those strategies here at SMB as well. Uh, I'm also a performance and coach for and a success coach for trading and a mentor as well. We have Walking Your Success LLC, which is a company we have. We coach both market neutral and directional traders. We provide one-on-one -on -one group training in psychology, trading performance, system development, and business skills for traders. We have, uh, I am a master neurolinguistic programming practitioner, I'm a master hypnotist as well. We use that in a psychology and performance uh, end of trading. And I'm also professionally trained as a coach, a strategic intervention coach to be more specific with Tony Robbins. It's a Tony Robbins company. It's Robbins Medanus Training. And that, again, that's a very good pro uh, coaching program. So I am professionally trained in that area. So moving forward, and we'll talk about the rock. First of all, I think what is what is the rock? Well, I look at it as an increased yield market neutral trading system designed to adapt to volatility skews and normal market cycles without the need to decipher price charts and uh, or volatility skew curve charts. Now, the rock is and has been the uh, consistently the highest returning rules-based income strategy that I have. It's also the highest returning income rule-based income strategy that, that I've ever seen. And not by a little bit, by far. And, you know, we see sometimes returns in the bearish butterfly, for example, in the 160 to 220 range, when you look at the bearish butterfly, you have to consider overlapping trades. If you look at the rock trade, we um, have done a webinar, and I'm just going to back up a little bit. You know, we've done a, a webinar virtually every Monday morning for many years now, where we trade a variety of different trades. We trade, you know, M3, a bearish butterfly, a rock trade, usually something from super simple spreads, and these are not back tests. They're what we call real-time simulated trades which are very different from backtesting because with backtesting, a trader knows the future, either consciously or unconsciously. He often adds subjectivity, sometimes without even knowing it, turning what would normally be losses into wins. In backtesting, uh, it's easy to hang on to those tough trades and turn the losers into winners. You get out at profitable trades before they go bad. 
uh, you know, what happens is you'll run forward in time and you'll, and if things go bad, you'll see that uh, if there's a way anyway within the rule sets that you, maybe you could have won or made things not as poor, as bad. And you would say something like, well, I wouldn't have done that or <laughs> I would have gotten out of that at whatever profit or loss resulting in a big performance gap in what your back testing shows you and what your actual performance is going to be. Um, however, uh, with the real trade, with the real time trades that we're doing, I'm making decisions without the knowledge of the future. I can't go back in time, and I can't, you know, bias the trades of the future. And in addition to that, I'm held accountable for every decision I make. I have a couple hundred people watching me from week to week doing this, many of whom are trading the strategies live. So, you know, I have to follow the rules. Otherwise, I. I get a whole bunch of traders saying, hey, you, know, you didn't follow the rules, and, and I'm held accountable for that. So uh, this is very different from backtesting. So anyway, we've done these real-time simulated rock strategy, uh, simulated trades with the rock strategy specifically since 2013 expiration in January until today. And the four-year average return on planned capital, not including 2017, 2017's actually has been a good year. Uh, even with we did take a loss in October, but even with that, I think we're still over 90 percent um, for 2017. But our average over the four-year period is 106.2 point 106.28 uh, percent per year, and these are not overlapping trades. They don't overlap, so they're, they're 30 days, which makes the returns very realistic from an account perspective, which is huge when you look at those numbers and. Like I said, you're not overlapping trades, so you don't need money to run two, four, six. I've seen, I think, some guys doing eight trades overlapping and eight cycles at the same time now, which to me is uh, is absolutely crazy. I mean, that would not only drive me nuts, but it's also a little uh, – it's going to get a little crazy when things actually – the market actually starts to act up and all eight of those trades go bad at the same time, which uh, does happen. I mean, we haven't seen that in the last two years because – the market's been very nice to us, but um, you know, you get the, the market starts to blow apart. You got eight trades on. I mean, good luck to you. That's all I can tell you. Um, but anyway, no overlapping trades with the rock here. So let's um, talk about this. Uh, the rock trade. What it does is it makes assumptions about the market uh, based on uh, entry. In other words, how should we get in the market based on an entry configuration test? And it positions you in what should be the best configuration for a, the, any given market skew situation. Once entered, the rock makes assumptions on how the market is changing based on price movement. And it will position uh, or morph into different positions depending on whether the price movement is likely to result in an expansion or a contraction in volatility. Um, also, another uh, aspect of this program is it's the stepping stone to the M21 strategy, which is less rules-based. It's a lot more uh, subjective. So, again, what's in the rock for me? Returns is the highest rule, uh, returning rule-based strategy that I've seen. Uh, you get to learn how to manage multiple types of positions. We have broken butterfly profile positions, wide condor positions, narrow condor positions, low gamma positions, high gamma positions. You learn to trade close at expiration. We have butterflies within the money calls. We have butterflies without the money calls. We have broken wing butterflies, and we do scaling in positions as well. So there's a lot within this program, a lot of different configurations. And you get to discover how effective changing configurations can be with, uh, 
in boosting returns when applied at the right time. So lots of good things there. Um, I'm often asked, what is the best market neutral trade? And uh, without context, which is a, really a, a question that can't be answered, right? Is it the butterfly? Is it a broken wing butterfly? Is it a condor? Is it a vertical? Well, the reality is, is it depends. There is no single trade configuration that works best in all market environments. Every single one of these is going to have their problematic times, and uh, depending on what happens. So um, the question becomes, how do I know what configuration is best at any given time, which is a much more appropriate question, in order to maximize returns over time? You know, do I guess? Do I use, uh, guessing is usually not the best idea. Um, do I use charting and technicals with support levels, resistance levels, and market cycles? Well, you can certainly do that. We do that in the M21 program. Uh, the challenge is that most traders that are market neutral, uh, they got into this game because they didn't want to choose market direction necessarily. Uh, one of the things that has come into favor or come into a popular, a popular demand or whatever is looking at options, price, and skew charts and trying to predict <laughs> volatility skew changes. Now, if you're having trouble um, picking market direction, I mean, good luck determining what options uh, volatility skews are going to do. <laughs> the, really, the reality is options, uh, volatility skews, and pricing changes are very dependent on two things, news, which is often very unpredictable and uh, less predictable in charting. And the other thing that volatility is dependent on is the charting itself. And if you don't understand charting, it's very, very difficult to determine what volatility is going to do. So um, that's generally not going to be that beneficial to you unless you get really good at it. Like I said, once you get very good with charting, you're very good with market psychology, you can start to deal with volatility skews and stuff. Doing it other than that is going to be very random in as far as what your results are going to be. So if I'm not going to do that, what am I going to do? Well, uh, you can look at the rock, right? Again, this is designed to take advantage of multiple situations by being a broken wing butterfly uh, profile position when the market's most likely to favor a broken wing butterfly configuration, while being in a condor profile position when the market's most likely to favor condor configurations. And then it swaps back and forth between those profiles as the situation in the market um, changes. And uh, how it does that is it utilizes the T plus zero line profile to measure the option skew. Uh, to find out the highest probability entry, and then it adds real-time price movement once the position is entered to help you stay in the best position for the highest returns given the current market situation. And I, I put this together by making assumptions of what the volatility normally does with price movement as the trade moves forward. So it's, it's pretty cool how it works and adapts. John, uh, we got a question that's come in, which is uh, yeah. what, what's the maximum drawdown? on the rock well it's going to be we have a uh well actually why don't we go over that when we get to the trade okay we're going to be going over the trades so good. does this thing of adapting to or having different configurations work well like anything else it works uh, sometimes but it certainly works enough that you know you have an edge in doing so so really what's going on here is Market skews are representative. So anytime you get a volatility skew on a chart or you look at your T plus zero line, you can see that the market is in a different um, 
pricing structure for your options. So, and those SKUs are representative of what is currently going on in the market. SKUs reveal the sentiment of the market, major players in the market, right? So the SKUs are going to reveal that. Uh, your big banks, your mutual funds, your hedge funds, what are they doing? You have to realize that these people have a lot more information than we have. They have faster access to the information. They have a lot more people studying that information, and they push the market. They have a really good idea where the market's going. And when they do, they're buying options at certain levels, and they're creating a certain volatility skew. The question becomes, are they ever wrong? Of course they're wrong because they're surprise news and things change. However, they are right more often than they're not, and uh, that gives us an edge. And again, we can use that edge, and we can see their opinion playing out in the C plus zero line. So um, we like to use that. Uh, the question comes up is, uh, why is it a benefit to utilize different trade configurations? Well, you know, you can trade a very flat broken wing butterfly. You can uh, trade an M3 style trade, which is a broken wing butterfly style trade. And that's all well and good. And you'll probably win most of the time. And the drawdowns stay relatively low um, unless you lose multiple trades at a time, which can happen in any broken wing butterfly trade. Um, but the, the, the challenge is, is a lot of times with the broken wing butterflies, you're not making any money. I mean, not any real money. If, if you consider 20% a year or something real money, then, um, um, you know, these then fine. But, I mean, you're not making any real money. You're not utilizing the, the, uh, the position the best you possibly could. And the reason that you get differences in how a broken wing butterfly um, reacts or a condor or any other trade for that matter is because you're going to have different conditions are going to create different market conditions or different options pricing structures are going to create a uh, different T plus zero line profile and it's going to create trades that react completely differently in different environments. So I think most of you have seen this to some extent, but this can, the differences can become very, very, um, very, very uh, distinct. Mm -hmm. So here is an example. Okay. Same day's expiration within a day or two, and they're at approximately the same level in relation to the market. They're put on basically a year apart, once 2016, actually three years, once 2013. In one instance, we have a minus 87 delta, and we're paying about $8.10 for these butterflies. In another instance, we have minus 12 delta, and we're paying about $3.60 for those same butterflies. So if you look at this on an analyzed graph, we have two extremely different different uh, situations. We have this here where we have very little risk. We have a very flat T plus zero line. You're going to have a higher theta number. You're going to have a higher negative Vega number. And you are going to have a position that reacts one way, whereas if you come over to the left, you have a lot more risk, you have a lot more gamma, and uh, you know a much steeper delta. These two positions, if you're using the same exact same rule set, the exact same position in both of these environments, you're going to have two very different experiences. They may both win, they may both lose, I don't know, depending on what you do, but your experience trading is going to be different. And being in this position here is actually a lot higher risk than being in this particular position. And we can take advantage of these different situations by being in different configurations when we trade. So what the rock 
trade does is it uses a market skews entry test. And uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to determine if the major participants in the market are expecting a large move or if they're basically expecting the move to kind of grind up and really do nothing. And we can see that in the volatility skews. If you look at a volatility skew chart, the challenge with that is, is that 99% of traders who look at a volatility skew chart, the differences from option to option and what they look like are so subtle that it's difficult to make any kind of determination with that. Also, it's difficult for traders to translate what's happening on a volatility skew chart onto their actual um, T plus zero line or their position graph. So we just use the position graph and we take a look at what's a delta number on a fixed position at the same day's expiration from month to month. So on a rock trade, we generally enter 30 days to expiration. We'll take a look at a 50-point wide butterfly in the Russell. And again, you can actually do this with any type of position, and you can do it in any index. Um, you can take a look at something that's consistent month after month, uh, you know, the same days to expiration, the same uh, with wings. And just take a look at what's the thing cost and, and what are, uh, what's the delta in your position. And in this particular case, what we do in the rock trade, we take a 50-point wing symmetrical butterfly. We go about 20 points behind the market, and we ask a question. What would our delta be if Russell was at, uh, in, uh, in this case, 850 because we're using 830 shorts, so 20 points over our short strikes? What would my delta be? In this case, it's minus 281. And what we do is we take that number and we make a judgment uh, on that based uh, on that what type of position uh, we should enter in. And it's going to be one of three positions. I'll show you them. Two, I, I have the examples of, well, I'm going to show you uh, examples of at least one of those. Um, we might hit two on the three examples we have. I don't remember how the second one was entered. But, um, but you'll enter in one of three ways, which at least theoretically, if what happens is, um, if, in other words, if the market is right, then you should be in the best position for your uh, entry position for your position. Once you get entered, the rock trade is an adaptable multiple configuration position. So it may start as an M3 trade. It might even start as a condor looking trade like this. Usually it'll start as a condor that's a little bit unbalanced. Um, and from there, as the market moves around, it is going to swap different configurations. It might swap into like a broken wing butterfly or a broken wing condor. It might be um, this here, an M3R trade, which should look sort of familiar if you've been following, um, you know, trade groups now because a lot of people are using some of the, uh, a lot of the concepts in the uh, rock trade in some of their own trading. Uh, could be a condor position, could be like an M3 or even a straight <laughs> butterfly or broken wing condor position. So we have all these different configurations we might be in. So I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over some examples, show you how the trade works. We actually have three different situations here. We have, I think there's two winners, and I think this one's a, a break-even, but I, I have an alternate trade to show you where, where it's a little bit different outcome. So mm -hmm. there is a little bit of subjectivity in the rock strategy. Uh, there kind of has to be because there are so many different things here. Uh, the good part is, is we're going to learn a lot about M3 here. We're going uh, just in this example, and we're going to learn a lot about the rock trade itself. Um, you know, so just some background information on the rock trade. If you're going to do rock trade, it's assumed that you are proficient with the M3 trade, and you understand 
basically how to trade a bearish butterfly. And um, those are assumptions or prerequisites when coming into the class. So here is what we do. We generally start 30 days to expiration. I am going to take away this entry. I'm going to come in here and I say, hey, if I were to enter a 1380 butterfly in this case, because the market's at 1404, and I just do a 10 lot here, I can, um, and we do this in the program, one, two, three, four, five, and one, two, three, four, five. If I were to just enter this, if it will give me 10, and I analyze this on an analyze graph, and I went 20 points over my long strike, so on my short strike. So my short strikes are 1380. If I went to 1400, what would my delta be? And in this case here, it would be about minus 120. For those of you who don't look at this type of stuff, that is very, very flat delta for 30 days to expiration on a 50-point butterfly. Mm-hmm. What, we, what we're having is we're having in, the market is priced to move here. So I generally don't want to be in a tight condor position or it would be a condor, a tight condor position, in my opinion, with these volatility skews is going to have a low probability of actually winning. It might win because the market could die and, uh, or whatever, but uh, it would have a low probability of winning. So that being the case, I'm going to enter this in something like in, a, in more of an M3 configuration. Now, the market skews are actually, and you should be learning a little bit of this in M3 if you're trading M3. The market skews are a little bit weird here. I have uh, 138 negative delta. Usually on an M3, I'm going to do something like this to get my delta to somewhere around you know 90-ish. And I'm just going to do minus 10 and minus 10. Come on. I'm in trouble with the buttons today. All right, so uh, minus 12 and minus 8. Uh, okay, that'll be close enough. And I'm going to stick something in here somewhere between 80, 80 and 90 delta usually. I'm usually looking at time premium to get an idea of what that's like. So uh, let's just, just hit it with like a something here at 90 delta. I will hit positive delta here. But if I look at my graph on my M3 entry here, I get a, a really big T plus zero line sag. And generally, I don't like that. Um, I would like to have a flatter T plus zero line with maybe a little bit more downside uh, protection when entering a typical M3 trade. So I'm not going to enter this this way. And usually when I have that problem, I can try. Okay, I can try coming in here and doing a broken wing butterfly with a call. So I can do five and five. And a lot of times, or maybe I'll just do a complete broken wing butterfly and do 10 down here. But um, a lot of times that'll straighten me out. But if the market skews are really weird as they are here, if the market skews are really weird, it doesn't. Say I still have a really kind of an awful T plus zero line here uh, for an M3 trade. So that's just telling me that the volatility skews are, are just, they're kind of really out of whack. So the next thing I'll usually do is I'll try and roll a butterfly back a little bit. 
instead of starting there, I'll, I'll, I'll start 10 points back. In this case, if I analyze 10 points back, I still kind of have the same problem. Uh, even if I do a broken wing butterfly, it's better, but it's not, uh, still not good. So in this instance, I end up coming all the way back to 30 points under, and I'm literally starting outside the tent on nuclear trades. I'm literally uh, starting outside the tent uh, as an M3, and that's perfectly fine. This is the, you can you can start an M3 this way. So I'm 30 points or or almost 40 points behind the market. A broken wing butterfly. If you analyze this, I'm outside the tent, but I have a nice flat T plus zero line. I have a lot of downside protection. This is a is a really good uh, entry for an M3 trade. So. Let's not enter that way, and uh, because again, because of the volatility skews, this is what we determine is basically the safest way to enter this particular position. Now, from here, what I'm looking to do is I'm looking for those skews to change, and basically, I'm going to stay in an M3 position unless I run outside of M3 parameters. So, if I don't have to roll back and I don't have to roll forward, I'm basically going to trade this out as an M3 trade. Um, going forward. In the event I have to roll forward, in other words, I, in the M3 trade, if, if you're not familiar with that, if we get, say, maybe at a 14.30 here, we're going to be doing a roll-up. And if I have to do a roll-up, I'm going to recheck to see what the skews are to see if I should roll up into another M3 like this or if I should roll up into maybe a, uh, some sort of a condor configuration. And let me get my notes up here. I just have to go through to see what my ex my adjustment dates are. And I'm just going to kind of go from adjustment to adjustment. So let me move up and I can just go to the 22nd. So I was 30 days to expiration. I went seven days. Now I'm 23. And if I look at this, Again, standard M3 guidelines, nothing's really happened here. The market's just been kind of flat. And um, I'm going outside my delta guidelines, so I'm just going to throw some verticals in here at 1360, 1370. Okay, standard M3 adjustment, get my delta down. And now I'm in a position like this. And let's just go to the next one here, the 27th. All right, Marcus taking off to the upside again. Again, I'm starting to have a bit of a delta issue. And this is what the position looks like here. We're holding value, but uh, certainly not setting the world on fire here. I just did five more 1360, 1370 uh, verticals, bring my delta down, end up in a position like this. Again, this is, this is typical M3 stuff. We'll get into more rock stuff on the second trade. This should go fairly quick. Um, okay, let's see. So from here, the market's down, but still, um, we're up $1,200. We are now 15 days to expiration. We're 63 delta outside the tent. Again, that's typically a little bit high on an M3. We'll just cut that back a little bit. We end up in a position that looks like this. And then let's just go to the next, March 7th. Ah, what have I done here? I got 
All I did is I roll up. The, I rolled up. This is a, this is by the way. This is the website trade that we did on a, on a, on the website trade. So this is the actual uh, website trade. Mm-hmm. And I um, I simply this was just a capital reduction thing. What happens sometimes is you get your call if you have a deep in the money call. You can see that the market went up so much, or the time went by, and you know we're at eleven ninety with our call, and we're taking on basically all this risk from 1310 down for no credit. So a lot of times we'll roll these up. So he's rolled this up into here and here's what the position looks like there. So it's a capital, um, just capital preservation issue. Uh, three, eight. And it, it also takes some risk out of the picture, right? So three, eight here we have, um, what do we got going on here? Let's see. Analyze. Very likely during the trade, we had a, let me go back a day and forward a day. This happens sometimes in option view. Four ninety. Ah, okay. So yeah, so we're showing a delta issue here with the pullback, and of course we want to make a correction for that. And what we did is we just rolled back the upper wing. So we went from this was the position we started with, and we roll back the upper wing again. This is typical M three. Uh, type of stuff. Uh, let me close this out and open it up again. We're having a little bit of bugginess here in option view. Ah, that looks better. We bring our delta down to positive 25 and we run into this position here. So we went from, let me undo this, this position back to this position. So we're rolling back the upper wing. You can see we pull the upside risk out. Right, again, this is t- this is M3 stuff, but this is kind of a little bit maybe more advanced M3 stuff than maybe uh, some of you have seen. And, uh, again, this flattens your T plus zero line. And, of course, from here, I think there is maybe just an exit. Let's go to the next trade. So this essentially, your entry rules dictated you be in an M3 trade. Nothing changed, and so you just adjusted it according to M3 guidelines, essentially? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. Notice what we're doing here, with the M, even with the M3, right? We are, um, again, we're having a positive delta issue. We're up money, and we're just rolling back that upper wing to correct the delta and not really affect our downside risk, right? So we took the upper wing back a little bit more. Again, we brought our delta within parameters here, and now we're like this. So we don't get hit with the reversal. And a lot of challenges people have with the M3 is they roll back and they and they let their upside go, and that can be problematic sometimes. So um, anyway, um, so we'll just we'll just complete this out because this is essentially going to uh, close out as an M3 trade. What did we have here? We had a market reversal, right? So so we went to here. We we dropped back outside the tent with the with the market gain. So we're going to start adjusting back up again, and we do that. You can see we're going to take the shorts forward, which is again typical M three adjustment. 
that's going to put us into here. And then I think the next, um, the next move here is closing this. Now, let me talk about the risk parameters because I was asked about that. Uh, yeah, so we closed the trade the following, the following day and three days to expiration. And this is what we look like three days to expiration. Again, we, we exceeded profit target in this configuration. So this here is a the demonstration we did is a $50,000 planned capital trade. It has a 20% uh, profit target, which is $10,000. It has a 20% maximum loss, which is $10,000. In M3 configuration, it's almost impossible to get drawn down that much. In fact, if you're in M3 configuration, you only have a 10% um, uh, drawdown uh, allowance. So in other words, the profit target and your uh, maximum loss are going to uh, change depending on what configuration you're in. So if I'm in M3 configuration here, it's pretty much the same as a standard M3, up 10%, down 10%, unless the drawdown was initially caused by a uh, rot configuration. But it's going to be, uh, generally, if you're, if, you're, if you're running through an M3, like an M3, like this particular trade, then um, you're going to have, again, the 10%. Once you get up into an aggressive configuration, as in rock positioning, we run a 20% profit target number, okay? And we allow a little bit more of a maximum loss because of that. So that it was one position there. We close this out. Let's show something a little bit more interesting. And let's go to our April position, which is 322.17 is the date. So we close this trade out here. We're basically out of the market until the 22nd, which is the next 30 days to expiration. So you do spend some time out of the market in this uh, trade. And I have to go to another account, which is here. We did the entry test. We once again went into an M3 configuration to start because of the way the market was skewed. We are, in this case, we also have a T plus zero line issue. For whatever reason, I, I, I don't remember. I, I just decided to enter it um, this way. I thought that that was acceptable in this, in this case. Like I said, we did this on the website. And let's just move forward with this. So let me, again, uh, let me go to our first adjustment, which is on the 28th here. So if we take that out, again, this is typical M3 stuff. We're outside the tent. We're over minus 50 delta. We roll up some short strikes here. We bring our delta back in line. We run into something like this. Let's, uh, let's move on. 30th, I think we may have done a conversion here. Uh, we did. So let's take a look at the situation here. We are more than 10 points over our upper long strikes. We are positive vega. We're negative delta. Normally in an M3 situation, this is going to cause a roll-up. And we would just take the position off. We would roll it up. What we do in the rock trade instead is we take a look and we do that same entry test. We do that 50-point wing butterfly at 1360. We take a look at what the delta is. We make a determination of how we should go into the market. And sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. Most of the times we're right, not in this case. But anyway, 
what we did end up doing here is we close out the M3 position. We come in somewhere between 10 and 25 points under the money here. We put on 10 butterflies at that price. And then we go 40 points higher and we add butterflies at uh, 1400 until we bring our delta down to somewhere around minus 180. And we end up in this position here. Now, this is also would be a starting position for the trade, 30 days to expiration if you had really steep skews in the marketplace. In other words, if we initially did our entry test and we had, uh, you know, say 200 delta, minus 200 delta or more, then, you know, we're going to go, we're going to actually start in something like this. So this case here, we rolled up to something like this with the theory being that the market went up quite a bit and typically or a lot of the time was when the market goes up, they, they go up and then run sideways. And this gives us some downside protection here. The market stalls. We have an awful lot of theta working for us. It gains money very quickly. If the market grinds up, we aggressively enter uh, into this part of the, of, of the position, and then we go 20 points higher, and we aggressively enter into that. And we have, like I said, delta limits and so forth that, that put us to that. So. John. Yeah. John, we've got a couple questions. Sure. Um, one is, does the course describe uh, why you decided at this point in time to transform this from the M3 to the rock structure? Yes. It has very distinct rules for that. Okay, so. good. So that, that'll come out in the rule set um, in yep. the course. And then secondly, Luis is uh, asking, if the rock is traded as an M3, do you reduce the profit target from 20% to 10% or does it remain 20%? Well, that we do. Exactly. So we're going to run a reduced profit target as long as we're in the M3 configuration. So mm -hmm. um, at the beginning of this trade, when we started, we started out as an M3. We had a 10% profit target. We're now in rock position. We now have a 20% profit target. So we're getting more aggressive with the trade now. Gotcha. Um, and, we, and we want more money. Although I will sometimes, and, and you'll know this in the market environment and the market updates when we do these on Mondays, um, if I'm drawn down significantly, then a lot of times I'll take my drawdown off my profit target. So in other words, my profit target now is 10,000. But so, a lot of times, uh, if I'm drawing down 1,000, I'm not worried about it. But if for some reason I get drawn down five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000, I'll start, uh, I'll start reducing my profit target down. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's go forward and we'll see what happens. So we come here and the market goes up, right? We have a, a delta limit here around minus 250 to do something. We're drawing down $3,000 and uh, the market kept going up. So uh, it was going up faster than we, maybe we would like it to. So we do get drawn down when we're in a high gamma position. So uh, what we do is we make corrections. I'm going to fully scale into these uh, 1,400 butterflies, and then I'm going to start scaling into some of these 1,420s to get my delta down to normal. So you can see that we added the butterflies here at 1,400. We added two at 1,420, and now we're in this position here. One of the things you'll see about this is as soon as the market stalls, it recovers extremely quickly, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in this position. Market's not going to stall on this trade, but uh, if it were to stall, it, it does. So let's go forward here to the 3rd of April. And what happened is the market started uh, coming down on us. So 
we don't allow a whole lot of positive delta in this thing. This is where we stand. So we're going to start cutting back out of our upper butterflies. We're going to, in other words, the position kind of rocks back and forth, right? So we pull off these four butterflies here, 1420, brings us down to a, a, an acceptable delta limit. And let's just move forward, I think, to the next day. And the trade comes, the market comes down again. So now we are, again, over our maximum delta numbers. This is where things get a little bit subjective. When we start coming down like this, we have several options available to us. And it's done for multiple reasons. One of them is to help you try to decide how to make better decisions and to give you a little bit of subjectivity and workability with the trade. We could either... We could either pull out of some of our 1400s to bring our delta down to normal, or we could go back into one of the other configurations called a cat configuration. In the website trade, we rolled back into cat configuration, which turned out not to be the optimal choice. But like I said, when you're doing this real time, you have to make a decision not knowing what the future is going to do. So, um, this is a trade configuration that has its own set of rules. It's completely different from so you have you have your M3 configuration with your M3 rules, you have your rock configuration with your rock rules, and you have cat configuration with cat rules, and we have actually a total of seven configurations. So um, all with their independent rule sets, and this is going to be traded a little bit differently. Um, so. This is what we did here. We, we brought this back again. When I go back in the cat configuration, I'm dropping my profit targets down. Um, this is not as an aggressive as a position as the other ones. So moving forward here, right? we continue to drop down. I ended up closing the trade out on the 13th. So what happened from here is the market went down. We got into a position where we had to um, switch into a different configuration. I decided at the time to simply close the trade down. We do have other options that you could do here. You could go into what we call M3R configuration from here. And I'm going to show you that because that was the other option that we had um, with the trade. So I ended up going here. I ended up closing this trade. Uh, basically, it was due for a, a configuration switch. I was eight days to expiration. I didn't like what the market was doing, so I just decided, and I didn't like really my positioning here, so I just decided to leave at a small uh, relative loss. Let's go back and look at when we roll back into cat position and take a look at the other option that we had available to us and just to demonstrate the other configuration on the trade. Mm -hmm. so I'm going to go back on my trade log. So this was a trader's choice situation. Yep. And this is, you're going to show us another possible choice that could have been made. Right, right, which is the other, the other choice that could have been made here. So this is when we swap back into, this is the situation we were in. Let me go back. I'm just going to go to this account here. Right, same position, same situation. We're due for a rollback. The other thing that we can do here is we can drop into, um, we call it, Rock half entered, so I drop out of these 
um, five butterflies, and I'm essentially back into my entry position again. Oh, no, I'm not. I, and I roll back, too. So let me, let me go back. All right, I did both. So, um, so what I did here is not only did I drop out of my upper butterflies, but that wasn't enough of a delta correction. So what I did is I rolled back these. So in both the other example, uh, where I straight, I just rolled straight back into cat position. This example here, I went into what we call M3R position. Again, this is its own configuration, its own special rules. They're all outlined in the program what the rules are. Um, but I go into an M3R configuration, and that looks like this. Okay, and I'm just going to widen this out so you can see exactly what it looks like. This can be done with butterfly calls. It can also be done with broken wing butterflies. But this has its own rule set. It's also its own trade, by the way, that um, that we have. It's called an M3R trade, where you actually enter this way. But um, this is uh, what that looks like. Let's just go forward. We'll show you how this one happens to be adjusted in this situation. And like I said, this would have been the better choice here. The cat position is generally a better choice if the market stalls. The M3R is the better choice if the market continues to tank down. So... Um, All right, so we came down. We're over maximum delta. Our M3R maximum delta is positive 50, by the way, uh, as, as it is with the, M3, uh, the M3 trade. And also I'm going to do is I'm going to continue to drop out of these butterflies up top here. So I'm dropping out of some of those to make a delta correction. So actually just one of them. So here is the resultant position. I just dropped out of some more of these. If we go to the 10th, which is our next adjustment point. Okay, and uh, let me... Uh, let's see here, this ends up in this position. What am I doing here? Mm, that shouldn't happen. Let me see, I may have made a... a Let me fix this T log here. We'll just play this out by rules if that was in error. I think it, it was. Ah, there we go. Okay. So this is our position here as of let me get this now that all the trades are included. This is our position here. Again, we use similar delta guidelines as we do with a regular M3 trade. We're uh, over our maximum negative delta. We do our regular thing here. We do 10 verticals and put us to minus 37 delta, put us in a position that looks like so. Again, we have a $50,000 capital limit here on this particular position. Moving forward. Okay, the market came back down again. We are basically at break-even now. Too much positive delta dropping out of some of these upper butterflies. Mm -hmm. And we go into a position that looks like this. Okay. And then from here, we go to the 17th. 
We are up $3,900. However, our um, Delta number is insanely high. So I need to make corrections for that. I roll back my upper long strikes. So I go from here. And again, this is, this is, these are all techniques you can use in M3. You're up money. You have too much upside risk. You, you want to strike a delta correction. You move in the upper long strikes. And right, that brings us to minus 55, which is within um, guidelines for that. And you're in a position that looks like that. And then I think on the 18th, possibly, um, this may have, let's see, let's see what happened here. Uh, again, we have a negative delta issue, and we're up at $3,500 in a position that looks like that. And what we're going to do here is correct the negative delta issue, I think rolling back more up our longs, right? Yep, I did that. Took four out of the 1370s, brought them to 1360, ran into this position here. And again, you're going to be running a 10% profit target on this particular configuration here. We run two days. Yeah, yeah. Right. We run into two days to expiration. And we are, again, two negative delta to the upside. And we're in this position here. Um, we make adjustments to that. Again, I think we probably rolled back uppers. Let me see what, uh, what we did here. Yeah, we rolled back some of the uppers, brought us to minus 19, put us in a position that looks like this. And, you know, now we get a blow off to the upside. We're doing pretty well. And we have a decent downside here um, coming into the following day. Right, market blows up 15 points. We're up 46, uh, 60, so almost a profit target, which you could close the position. But if you didn't close the position, you have too much positive delta, and you'd have to get that down. And I believe I just sold my deep in the money call, and that pulls my delta down. I don't know if I did anything else here. Ah, yeah, I sold that. I sold part of the butterfly spread. Um, so I had I had a deep in the money call here, and I had a vertical here that I got rid of. All right, so we closed that out. Brought us to minus 61 delta, which is not crazy, and it puts us in a position that looks like this. So this is a fairly safe position to expire. Um, I have well, maybe a bonus situation if the market goes down, and realistically, my upside risk is fairly limited. I'd have to have a monster move to really... Um, I, I can't get hurt too, bit too bad. So, yeah, position it's like going to settle the next morning. I mean, how much is it going to gap open? Or well, I mean, it can gap it could. 30, 40 points. But right. I mean, even so, it's not going to hurt me a whole lot. So, no, um, definitely worth staying overnight, something like that. And that would be the alternative. The, that would be the alternative structure that the trader could have, could have made with that, depending on their decision of what the market was going to do. Again. I was thinking the market would probably lay, lay flat, but that didn't happen. And so I went to a cat position. It took a small loss. Um, but th again, th this could have worked out either way. John, so, let me ask you a question. So was this, yeah. I'm sorry, you were going to wrap up this trade? Oh, no, it's all set. Yeah, it's all done. Yeah. Okay. It's just going to expire. Yeah. The question is, was your next example critical for everyone's understanding or... Um, I don't think so because we got most of the configurations in. Um, I think the other one, the next example was an M3 that went into rock configuration. I think it pulled a 20% profit. So it was, it was a, uh, um, 
just an example of how kind of what we saw already. But uh, but yeah, if we're, if we're short on time, then 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 that's fine. Yep. Well, I think it depends. Um, what I want to do here's what we can do. What I want to do is talk about the special we're doing on the rock this month, and then if folks want to stay for that final example, and you have the time for it, John. Okay. Um, yet you know we can do it that way. Uh, so yeah, let's yeah. do let's do that. So I am going to take over the screen for a minute. Um, and what I'm going to do is talk about everyone can see my screen now. Is that right? Uh, I can see your screen. Yeah. Okay, great. So guess what, John? (laughs) What? It's Rocktoberfest. And it is Rocktoberfest. You notice how we take the rock and we put it into (laughs) October and it just becomes Rocktoberfest. And so, um, what do we do at Rocktoberfest, John? We put the rock program, we have specials involving the rock program. And we actually have a special on the special this this month. So pay attention. Um, the first of all, the Rock Online course is seven on-demand videos, four hundred eight information-packed slides. I sat in on, in on this every minute of this when it was first taped. It's an unbelievable amount of information. Uh, you know, like a treasure trove of options trading wisdom. It's tremendous, and of course, it goes through all of the transitional formations of the Rock and so forth. And it's just fascinating. Uh, it's a great, great course. Um, normally, it costs fourteen ninety five uh, until November first, till the end of October. The rock is on sale for thirteen forty five. If you already own the Bears Butterfly and the M three, if you own uh, own if you uh, only own the M three, but you don't own uh, the Bears Butterfly, then you should. Buy that with the rock, and we're putting that combination on sale for nineteen fifty uh, this month. It's it's normally twenty one ninety. If you're on the bearish butterfly and you want to get the rock, uh, and you you know you want to get some good knowledge on the M three at the same time because it's inherent in the rock strategy, then you would buy the third combination, the rock and the M three for twenty three seventy five. Normally the price is twenty six forty. And finally, if you don't own any of John's stuff and you are are intrigued by the rock, which I think you should be, then you can buy the entire package, rock M3 and bearish butterfly for a really nice savings. It's normally $32.90. We're going to get you down below $3,000 to $29.50 for that combination. Plus, if you order during this period before November 1, you get to attend a live online seminar in which John... Uh, is going to be presenting advanced rock options position transition concepts. You know, did you notice how the trade can morph from an M3 into a rock formation, into a cat formation, into an M3R, etc.? John will be discussing all of that in, in, in an advanced way in the webinar on November 27th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. If you buy the course... During this period, you will be able to attend that webinar live, ask questions, um, and participate. So it's a really, really valuable bonus um, that you get if you buy the series or any combination involving the series during Rocktoberfest. So please uh, take uh, heed of that. Um, The pricing uh, advantage and the offer for the Advanced Transition Seminar ends on November 1st, 2017, so you want to act quickly. The way to act quickly is you go to smbu.com slash rock, 
and that will give you all the information you need to know to order the course, or you can go to optionstribe.com, go to the training tab, click on rock, and then you will be able to see that same webpage. It will take you to the same place. Um, before we uh, turn back to John, um, I just want to congratulate all of the leaders of the Options Tribe Trading Contest through the end of September. We announced these folks last time, but I want to give them another, uh, you know, their moments of glory here. Pop, my favorite name this year is Pop Tart of Doom, who shows up on both of, actually, all three of the leaderboards this year. So um, he's doing great, as, as are all the leaders, of course. Um, I'd like you to consider joining the Options Tribe today. By the way, any of the um, uh, alternatives we gave you, any of the packages, if you are a premium member of OptionsTribe.com, you will get 5% further off of that price. So um, that's a really strong, if you're interested in the rock, that's a very interesting, that's a very strong motivation to go ahead and join OptionsTribe.com. The way you do that is you go to the join tab uh, of um, of OptionsTribe.com and click through. It's only 30 bucks a month. So it's a really good deal in my humble opinion. Next week, uh, we will be having Steve Lentz of Options Use Systems International. Uh, Steve's always great. By the way, he's the mayor of a town out in Illinois, which I think is amazing. Uh, and I don't know if you realize that, but he is, that. <laughs> he is a, he's the mayor of some, some suburban Chicago town. Uh, and he was in an election. He's, he's gotten in the news um, and for a bunch of reasons. And in, he won the election by five votes. Five votes. Now, I mean, th- we're not talking about the U.S. size population, but it's still a reasonable sized town with thousands of people. And he won by five votes. So it was a nail biter. I was actually on the phone with him that night. And he, he got back to me and he told me what, what the outcome was. It was really interesting. So anyway, um, that is it. Now, um, John, so what I'm going to say to everybody is um, you are welcome to stay. Uh, let me first ask. Do others want John to go over this third? Uh, uh, do we have demand for that? I don't, you know, folks don't want to. Uh, yeah, okay, we're getting quick and many yeses, John. So everyone wants to see the third option. So those of you who can stay, I know we're past our normal time, but we'd love you to stay uh, and take another look at uh, John's example. You can do that. So, John, you can take over the screen now. Okay. I'll try not to spend too much time here. We'll yeah, go. no, no. Take all the time you need. These are these folks are staying for extra credit. Um, all right, sounds now, great. Uh, we do have a couple questions. Perhaps you can ask answer before the next example. Sure. Okay. Casey's asking if you bring your long strikes closer to your shorts later in the trade to reduce risk, would you still use the standard rock guidelines from that point on? You have to be aware. Okay, so you have to be aware that rolling in your long strikes on the edges are going to change the delta characteristics of the trade because you're making the position smaller. So you're generally going to want to adjust faster. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll roll in the long strikes and I'll monitor the position as if it had the strikes wider and I'll make my decision off the, th- off the, um, what the original trade is doing. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. And, uh, okay, thank you, Casey. Uh, all right, Dave Sto- Stewart is asking, don't you usually have the single long call in the M3R config- 
configuration. Uh, or no, he said, you don't usually have it, do you? I asked that backwards. In the program, I do have it, I believe, in that configuration. And I... I'm not a. I actually haven't actually watched the program in a while, so um, it can be done either with or without the long call. And again, that's a uh, another subjective thing with the trader. In other words, you can and you can do the whole trade without a long call. By the way, you can do a M3U broken wing condor or an M3U broken wing butterfly, and you can control everything with broken wing butterflies. Again, that aspect of it isn't in the program because I don't want to confuse people. But um, you know, if you've ever seen a trade called a white rhino, a M3R looks a lot like a white rhino trade. Um, um, you know, and it, 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 looks, it looks a lot like that because what you're going to have is a set of broken wing butterflies uh, behind the market, a set of broken wing butterflies essentially at or, or in front of the market. So it can be done either with the call or without the call. And I think we may have touched on that in APM squared, but I know I, I know I do that a lot in one-on-one coaching. We do, we do, um, we, we, we go to, we go to another level. Maybe we'll talk about that in the bonus webinar. We go to another, another level where we sometimes do the butterfly with the call. Sometimes we do it without the call. And sometimes we, we run into broken wing, either butterflies or condors, depending on certain conditions. Um, but I mean, you can you can get really into this, and take it pretty much as far as you want. It's a really cool system. Okay, and Roger's asking uh, the Rock Course has been available for a while. If there's a fine tuning that takes place, are those updates included in the course? And I, I think I can answer that, um, Roger. Which is yes, we are intending to put the um, within the course. We are intending to put the live webinar uh, that's going to be taking place on November twenty seventh. For one thing. Or any live updates. Yeah, any live updates we do. We'll, we'll, That's right. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Every once in a while, John will shoot a supplemental uh, video or uh, send in another PowerPoint with some updated information that we then share with everybody and add it to the curriculum. Casey is asking, do you look up and down 30 points to make sure you don't hit max loss later in the trade? I usually don't know. Uh, however, you can incorporate that into your um, into your trading plan, right? So, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot of times in, in some of the other webinars and some of the other programs is we start talking about um, catastrophic risk management. And um, depending on the – and the reason we don't necessarily put it in this program is – in the basic programs is, one, because it tends to confuse people. And um, it's just another aspect. I mean, sometimes these can be confusing enough for some people. So uh, it's just another aspect. But um, you really should be applying that to all your trading, you know, depending on your position size. So somebody might be trading a rock trade, for example, and they might be trading 0.22% of their net worth, in which case, you know, if you take a, if you take a huge loss on a trade, it's not a big deal. But if you're, if you're trading a rock trade with 20% of your net worth or something like that, I mean, you have to start bringing risk control management into your trading. Um, otherwise, you're you are risking a, a fairly large loss with a large move, and that goes with anything you come in close to expiration with. So, um, again, it's it's going to be a um, a situation that is going to vary from person to person, depending on their situation, depending on how much of their net worth they're trading, and and how speculative they are in general with their with their trading. And um, that's, that's definitely something to consider, though. Yeah. All right, John, that wraps up the questions. 
Oh, okay. Uh, okay, super. Cool. Yeah, okay. All right, so this is the May. It's 4-19-2017. And I, I don't remember how exactly how this, this one turns out. So, uh, But let's, uh, let's take a look. So 4-19. Yeah, 4-19-17. Let's go into... Here, I don't know why this is showing overlap. It shouldn't do that. This is May, 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 May rock trade. Okay. Ah, so this was apparently once again entered as an M3. That's one of the weird things about the volatility skews earlier this year in 2017. It's very odd. We had very low. This is why you can't just go off of a RVX number or a VIX number either. We had relatively low volatility, yet the options pricing skew curve was such that butterflies were really cheap, which is why I think some of the, I mean, some of the, we had some outstanding performance earlier this year, um, like I've never seen before. It's just really good. Uh, and I think that's that's why, um, why that happened. It's just, um, it's kind of unusual. But anyway, this is the way we entered it. And I don't know why it is showing me down $400 on entry, but we will go with it. Uh, that does happen sometimes live. So you can get Yes, stuff, it does. Yeah, you can get stuff far from mid-pricing sometimes. Right. Uh, anyway, this is our entry position. This is what it looks like. Standard, uh, standard M3 positioning. Um, so let's move forward here. This is Vega problem. So I have a Vega issue. Generally, standard M3 guidelines, right? I'm usually not going to roll up an M3 if I am less than 10 points over my upper long strike. And I'm less than 10 points over here. I'm only around 10 points over. Uh, usually, if I do that, I'm, I'm just going to make a Vega correction. And here, that's what I did. I, I just sold 10 verticals. And that is what the position looks like afterwards. Let's see what it looks like before. Okay, so that's before and uh, and that's after. Okay, let's move uh, forward here. I did a roll-up. Now, that is interesting. Okay. So let's see what we did here. Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. So, yeah, okay. So what we did here is now with the additional up move here, we're well past 10 points over. And this just lost the call probably. Option view probably lost the call. This wouldn't be done. Drawn down 4,700. 4, I think it's probably about break even. Um I'm not going to go searching for it because I don't want to waste the time. But anyway, I'm, I'm more than 10 points past my long strike, so I'm just going to close the M3 position. I'm going to roll up around 20 points-ish behind the market. I'm going to go 40 points higher. I'm going to add five butterflies up there. This one here, in this case, it brings me to a delta of minus 141. There are times when I might add, again, there's a little bit of subjectivity here. I like to have 10 and 5 when I transition into rock trade 
Although sometimes the Delta lines guidelines tell me to transition. And when I do, um, my Delta is a little bit flatter than normal and that's okay. So I'm usually going to keep it there because I want to get five. There are times I'll do three if it's really, really flat, but um, minus 141 is reasonable. So we transition into this position here with the uh, expectation the market's going to flatten out a little bit. So let's go to the following day. Apparently it kept going. Right, so we get another 14-point day. Again, you draw down quickly in a tight condor, which is essentially what we had. Um, so you want to make your corrections. Again, this was would have been over minus 250. If I if I run option view forward and back, it'll probably it's probably going to show you that. Um, one of the things with option view you should know as you are back trading or live trading or doing whatever with this thing, you have to go backwards and forward into the date. And sometimes when you click and unclick this here, it uh, it gives you some weird numbers. So um, anyway, this hit a delta trigger. And what you end up doing here is scaling in to your other five. Now, if I scale in at 1430, one of the things that's going to happen if I'm at the money is at the money butterflies are negative delta. So it's actually going to put me more negative delta than I am now. Uh, that being the case, we're just going to fully scale into these. We're going to start to go into our 1450s. So this is what we look like now. And I end up going fully into the 1430s. I buy three 1450s. It brings me down to about minus 180. That's the, the numbers we're generally running here. Puts me in a position like this. Again, this type of position tends to recover very quickly close to expiration. Let's see, we're 23 days to expiration. Let's see where this goes. So you do have to put down, you do have to put up with a little bit of drawdown. Um, okay. So from here, the market backed off, right? Now we are having a little bit of trouble to the downside. And that does happen with this trade. Uh, so you have, like I said, it rocks back and forth. Uh, so I'm going to end up pulling out of my upper butterflies, at least some of them. With this here, I also, same thing, I had, um, again, this is a, one of the website trades. I made the decisions real time. Uh, I have the opportunity where I could have um, held this here and rolled back my lower butterflies and gone into cat position. Uh, but I chose instead to uh, drop out of the upper butterflies here. And going to the next date. We start running into delta issues again. So here again, we have a little bit of subjectivity. And this is actually a third option, which is why I wanted to show it to you. Um, and I try to rotate through the different options, too, on, on the website as we do in the examples uh, because I, I wanted to show you the different ways you can deal with this. So I, had the, I have the option of, of rolling back into M3R or uh, I have the option of dropping out of more butterflies here. I also have a, an option of doing something what we call reverse rock. So if I'm going to go drop back into like a cat position, a lot of times I'll just start adding some of the butterflies at 1370 since that's what we do anyway. So if I'm going to go into cat position, if I went directly into there, I would sell out all my 
1390s and I get fully scaled into my 1370s. And I probably add these two butterflies back in as well to be into a regular position like that. But instead, what I often do, these butterflies here, they're not really in any trouble. Right? These are still negative delta. If the market continues to come down, it's not really going to be a big deal. Uh, realistically, these butterflies don't run into trouble till about 1370. So I'm not overly afraid of it. Now, if I, if I was at 1380, I might start to get concerned. But realistically here, I just want to make a delta correction. If I'm considering going into cat position or doing the rollback, one of the things I can do is I can just start adding in back here to straighten my delta out. And that's what I did in this particular case. Okay, so I just added two butterflies. I got myself down to a reasonable delta number here. And I went into something like this. So I went from, and you saw how fast this recovered too. It was down $2,000, now it's up $2,000. Um, so I went from something like this, which is taking on a little bit too much heat to the downside, into something like this that uh, has corrected that, okay? So let me close that. And if this continues down, basically when this gets to about 1380-ish or under 1375, I'll just drop out of these upper butterflies and we'll roll back into an M3R or, or a cat position, depending on what the delta is giving us, right? So let's move forward. We'll see where this goes. Okay, we dropped another $9. We, our uh, delta is too positive. I continue to add in here. I add in another two butterflies here. Brings us to positive 29 delta. Brings us into a position that looks like this. Okay, very high gamma position, yes. Uh, basically, we stay in that position till the 10th. Oh, and it closes, right? So there were no further adjustments triggered in the trade uh, from uh, the last adjustment to this adjustment. We come in nine days to expiration. We are at our um, high profit target and we get out. And that was a full profit trade. Again, we could have also and um, made other choices here. We could have come in here and uh, gone into cat position. We could have uh, also gone into that N3R position, both of which would have lowered profit targets. And I think I usually trade these out in every configuration every month. So we use something called trade debriefs. We come in and we review the trades. So usually when I do a rock trade, um, I'll come in, I'll debrief the trade. And if I have alternate adjustments, I would have done an M3R. I would have done a cat position just to see how they would have turned out. Um, and I believe in this particular case, they both turned out fine, but it would have been a, like a, a $5,000 gain instead of a $10,000. Um, going into reverse rock, I'm holding my high profit targets. So that is that example. So um, so that was that was probably the best trade of the year, actually, uh, that we've done. It was uh, I don't think there were too many profit targets, but we had a lot of wins this year. You're saying on the rock? Yeah, on the rock, yeah. Right. On the rock, yeah. And the website return... For 2017 is what, John? I have to look. Uh, but it's 2017. To date. Well, through, uh, I have to, I actually have to look at the sheet. But it's, it's I have 92. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not sure if that's including the we had a loss in September, so, uh, not in September and October. So I'm not sure if that includes that or not. So it's at least I'm thinking 70. it does. I'm thinking that it does, but sorry, it's, it's at least 70. Yeah. Right. Okay. Through. And that's again, that's without overlapping trades. Right. And that's through 10 full months. Right. Right. So yeah, that's, and that's an, and that's a light year. <laughs> on the yeah, rock. I mean, I mean, 2015, 2016 was the roughest year we've ever had in this trade. It was like a 20 something percent return for the year. And, you know, it was a challenging year. We had some wins, we had some losses and it swapped back and forth. But you get a year like 2013, we did 177. Right. So, yeah, you know, um, I mean, generally it runs around 100 Uh in back testing before 2013 and, and also in the, our uh, real time trading mm-hmm. since 2013, it generally runs around a hundred 2016. Again, it was a challenging year for that, but still you look at an M three trade, which did like 48%. That's with overlapping trades. So you cut it back for the overlap and it's at 24. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's about the same, even, even, though we did the rock, you know, even though it had a really, really bad year, it's still performing at least that good. Um, many times, you know, you, you're up, like I said, average over four years is 106.28. And that might go up a little bit or down a little bit this year. We'll have to see how the rest of the year pans out. Very good. Well, I want to remind everyone um, that, um, one second, I want to remind everybody that if, they found this interesting and formative and inspiring, then you just go to smbu.com slash rock and you will be able to get uh, this, this great deal on the four different combinations that we're selling. And don't forget the advanced rock options uh, position transition webinar that you'll get to be able to participate in November 27th at 4.30 p.m. All people who own the rock already are invited to that webinar. By the way, you will get an invitation um, you're in our system. If somehow something happened and you don't get an invitation, just let me know and we will get it right out to you. But that's not going to happen for over a month. It's going to be about six weeks from now. But because we want people who do not own this, this the program or want to rewatch it, if you own it, to get yourself familiar with the program. So then when you attend the webinar, you're a smart observer. So, John, thank you, especially for your overtime. Um, I consider this an overtime win. And uh, thanks, everybody, for attending uh, the Rock Options webinar. We will see you next week for Steve Lentz. Thanks, and everybody have a great night. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, John. Yeah, bye. Bye.